This is Pucks and Bolts with Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. I was so excited heading into this matchup, Kaylee, because on a on a braggadocious level, like just as a if I had to braggadocious on a braggadocious level. Oh, brag! You said braggadocious, and I was like, "Is there news that we need?" (laughs) No, but I should be careful with my word choice today because four o'clock in the morning, I was saying some really weird things uh, (laughs) on air, and people can go back and listen to that. Unfortunately, but braggadociously is the word I'm choosing in this moment very bravely. And um, I was so confident because in the last seven games leading up to this Toronto versus uh Bolts rematch, the Bolts hadn't let up more than two goals. Yeah. The Toronto Maple Leafs were the last team to put three goals up on this team. So I was like, they got this. They're on a winning streak. They're not letting up more than two goals versus their opponents. They're in a groove. All four lines are getting involved. And then they go into Toronto and just, and yeah, Yeah, I think I think what killed them is that in all of those games you mentioned, Casey, or in almost all of those games you mentioned, the Lightning either had a fast start and they were able to score early or they were able to respond quickly. Neither of those things happened in this game against Toronto. It took so long for the Lightning to really get into a groove and get going that it, it just at a certain point felt like too little, too much. Um, and that's not, I mean, not a hundred percent because they're still in the game. Right. You know, when, when it's in the third period, they're still in it. Um, you know, Vladimir Nemestikov scores, um, Steven Stamkos is on the assist there. That makes it a two, one game. So they are in it realistically, but then, it, it just not very sound defense once they pulled Vassy um, led to some really unfortunate empty netter goals that just made the whole, g- it just changed the tone of the game because you look at the four one and it's like the game was actually closer than that, but they scored two empty net goals at the end of the game. Well, like, of course, you know, what are you going to expect to happen? So I think that is, there was an opportunity for the lightning to capitalize with Vasi out of the net and for them yeah. to capitalize on, you know, having the extra man out there. They didn't capitalize on the one power play that they had. So you're kind of hoping, okay, guys, you actually have had good opportunities on special teams. You've had good moments throughout these last few games. Like let's do something here. And it kind of all falls apart. And then it falls apart again. So I think I think that's the thing that feels in that game the most frustrating is not to just letting up one empty net goal, but then two empty net goals. And then it happens back to like to to spoil the story, it happens again. In case you did night. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. You mentioned the fact that the Bolts had success when they had those fast starts. We've talked about that here on Pucks and Bolts, but what I think completely uh kept them from establishing any sort of flow is because the maple leaves came out hot and i don't mean hot in, in terms of they got on the board early because i think it was like 15 38 or something that they got on the board it was the fact that they came in loading up the shots on goal so they came in extremely aggressive they didn't allow the bolts to set up any sort of structure they took away the middle of the ice from them which we know coach cooper he's such a, a big a big um 
enforcer of if we're going to have success, we cannot be eliminated from the middle of the ice. And I think yeah. that we'll control the, the neutral zone of doing that. Exactly. Because here's the thing, the shots on goal for one 40 to 19, the bolts didn't have any chance to generate an offense like whatsoever. And then the first then, period. Alone, yeah. I was going to say dial that into the first and second period. The, the lightning only had eight shots on goal. Casey, for the entire two first, like for the entire for 40 minutes, essentially for yeah. 40 minutes, eight shots on goal. That's terrible. We just did not control the puck. And yeah. what did you and I say going into this? We said, you have to control the puck. You have right. to control the puck. Capitalize. And they just didn't. They didn't. Their ozone possession time was, was to the point where basically the bolts were confined to playing defense the entire game. And as an overhead, um, because we're going to talk about both games, but as an overhead so that I don't repeat myself too much, is that both of these teams, the Red Wings as well as the Maple Leafs, did a really solid, unfortunate, solid job of containing the Bolts to to their D zone. They were forced to play defense 80% of the game, and you obviously can't put pucks on net if that's what you're if, – if all you're doing is defending. And then you're trying to manage your, your control of the puck. What I will say is that in this game, there were still 11 giveaways. We talked about the fact that double-digit giveaways have to cease and desist in this game because it's just teams are going to make you pay for it, and it's only going to get worse as the season gets to the most competitive portion of it uh, coming up here shortly. So 11 giveaways versus a Maple Leafs team that wanted to redeem themselves after that overtime loss a bit ago, I think that was also another like momentous moment for the the Maple Leafs team. It's not the fact that they're creating these great takeaway opportunities like we know Brandon Hagel to do. It's the fact that this team was giving up the puck. The one thing that you told them not to do, they did. And it kept this team in the and the Maple Leafs in their ozone and generating 10 times as much of an offense. Yeah, I mean the Maple Leafs are a dangerous team and that's why there was such an emphasis on controlling the puck, controlling the neutral zone because mm-hmm. The, the Maple Leafs can be very – I mean, there's a reason that they're second in the division right now. They're playing really well. And so you can't go in and be left on your back foot. You have to right. control the game as much as you can. And that – I mean, that just wasn't the case. Um, you know, yeah, it was just – Show up. Yeah, it, it, it's not very often that you see a game where the Lightning look – they can they can kind of look on their back foot like they're a little bit like but this is a game where they kind of did and it's and again it's a closer game than the score indicates because of those two empty net goals at the very end but there was still the reality that 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 this team did not control the game not one single player wow okay excuse me I lied one player (laughs) <laughs> that played for the Lightning in this game uh, ended up with a plus number, and that was Vladimir Nemestikov. Everyone else was either zero or in the negative column. The Lightning had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players in the negative column when you look at the plus minus in this game, including Corey Perry, Braden Point, Anthony Sorelli, Nikita Kucherov, all with minus two. I mean, one of your top shutdown guys and Anthony Sorelli has a minus two game. I mean, that is pretty indicative of 
how the game got away from these guys. It, and and yeah. it just, when you look at, I mean, like when, when you look at advanced statistics and you look at the game flow, especially in the second period, you know, it's, it's in favor of, you know, like the Corsi is in favor mm-hmm. of the Leafs. Um, it, and it like, and it slowly goes up, like it's even, it's even. And then end of the first, the second period and third period hits. And it's just all Leafs. It's all Leafs. And I mean, that's kind of what happened. That's like, if, if, frankly, what happened at the end of the game. It, it just got a little bit out of hand for this lightning. Even when you look at like the heat map for attempts, there's so many more attempts and, and good attempts. Um, the Leafs had really opportunistic attempts right in front of the goal. The wow. Lightning did not, you know, that all of those things are just, just make it stand out to where this, this game, it just, it clearly, obviously it wasn't the Lightning's best game. Right. Um, and I don't want to sit here and harp too much on it. You know, it obviously it's our job to analyze it to a degree. So um, I think that, I think that this lightning team, they don't like losing. In fact, they hate losing. They are more fueled by losing than they are by winning. So many of these veteran guys have said that. Alex Kalorn explicitly told me after he won the cup twice that the pain of losing in 2019 and getting swept by Columbus he felt that emotion stronger than he felt either one of his Stanley Cup championships. So that quote alone is indicative of how much this team hates to lose. Mm-hmm. This is going to be fuel to the fire, Casey. These two losses, the way that they lost, the way that they kind of let down their goalies in some ways, mm-hmm. it's going to be very it's going to be a bad taste in their mouth and they have to sit with it for almost a week before yes. they get back on the ice. And that is going to make them, it's going to piss them off, frankly. And they're going to come out with some extra bite in their step. Come, come the 28th. I can tell you that. Oh, we like when things get spicy, but I agree because the other thing though, is I think it's harder to lose winnable games, games within not that they were really within reach in this Toronto matchup, but that was more on their own shortcoming of not being able to find, you know, a structure and establish a flow and kind of clean up the mistakes that they've been cleaning up throughout the season. They just, they really kind of came in with their tail between their legs. But with that said, I agree a hundred percent. We saw how this team dialed things up after Boston and both times that they lost to Boston, they dialed things up because they could have beat a team that's one of the best in the leagues, which speaks to such a high volume of the talent on this roster and the where they'll build at the right time. But it's going to be exciting to see how they how they shake this one off and sitting with this even longer. And nobody wants to go into the holiday season with two losses under their belt. So this is definitely going to be a lot of field to the fire, and they get a small little home, home set up to uh, bounce back with as well. And they get to reface some of these teams within that home setup and a team that they won, that they beat and the team that they lost against. So they've got an, an exciting stretch here ahead. The biggest thing that stood out to me is the fact that even though they couldn't establish a structure, they couldn't get 
a flow going there. It's the players that that step up the most in those moments to still try to make something happen. Um, I know Coach Cooper is, is not a big fan of basically manufacturing things that aren't there. I think that everyone just got pushed out of the style of play that has started to work for them. So outside of the structure, it's the it's the cuteness, it's the overpassing, it's the overthinking. If they don't come out controlling this game, you see a lot of overthinking and under communicating. And that's what hurts this team the most because while defensive defensively they've stepped up and they started to close the gaps in between them. Mikhail Sergachev returned to the lineup being a huge point out of that. He, his gap management has been huge, and we see the difference with him being back in the lineup. Uh, they weren't playing to their best game individually, even though this is a big Wii sport and they have to successfully rely on one another. Individually, they weren't looking in their same successful form in, uh, in shape. So maybe there's just an extra too many days in Toronto, as Coach Cooper mentioned uh, it's kind of weird to kind of sit around there for a minute. And yeah, they get practices in and stuff, but they like the, the ability to come in, play, and move on. And it's just been a bit of a slow, slow draw there. So anything else that stood out to you in this Toronto matchup? Um, but they're one and one, one W, one loss versus a tough team in the division. Yeah. No, nothing else really stood out to me other – I mean, again, it, well, now we're getting into the next game. And I guess – I was hoping that coming out in the next game that they would they would use it as fuel to the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but before we get too far into that, I don't know if I explicitly have a, a, a cherry picker, Casey, but I want to give you the opportunity to uh, to do a cherry picker. I don't know if it's too harsh to just like skip cherry pickers, but <laughs> I know. I- I think I might skip cherry pickers for these two games. Um, Kaylee's disappointed. That means I'm going to opt out. Um, I don't think it was like, it's not like the worst that they've ever played, but after seeing what they have in them and after seeing this team come together and play such good hockey, team hockey. um, Yeah. There, there, uh, it was a little bit disappointing watching these last two games. And usually the lightning do are they are fired up and they want to get back out on the ice as soon as possible. So I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there. I I will, I will do my wish list, but I don't think I'm going to have, but but if you have a tree picker, go for it, Casey. Cause some, like somebody around here has to be jolly. I'm not feeling (laughs) in. I'm like, I'm happy, but I'm not in the most jolly mood. Do not turn green. Do not do not join uh Spencer. I'm not I'm not a Grinch. I'm not a Grinch. Just making sure. So I'm all right, I'll, I'll throw I'll throw it out here. I'll do an honorable mention to the captain, Stephen Stamkos, because of course if he's not in the assist column, he's in the goal column and vice versa. So he was the assist on uh Vladdy Nemestikov's goal and then Nemestikov or Valley Val Valley Vladdy word say. Vladdy, whatever you prefer to call Mr. Nemestikov, um, he's got to get the the cherry picker for me because at least it's not a shutout. And I like the fact that he is starting to find his identity on this team. His name is starting to come up more in the conversation. We talked about him almost two months ago here on Pucks and Bolts saying like, you know, he had a great preseason. He got a lot of, a little silent during the season. I think now he's starting to branch out 
broaden his role. He's reliable. He's usable. He is a solid two-way player as he gets more uh, comfortable and confident. And I think we're starting to see that. So um, Vladdy gets a lot of credit for me, not only because he was the goal scorer, but game by game, we're hearing his name more. We're seeing a bigger contribution from him. And if we see the guy that showed up in preseason, then that's going to be exciting to see down the stretch here. So uh, shout out to Captain O-Captain, our captain, and Nemesipov takes the cherry picker for me.